the I Am A podcast with Loretta and Bianca. Stories, advice and discussions to resource, encourage and support independent music artists. Back in 2017, we sat down for a chat with independent rap artist, fashion label owner, two times Mobile Award winner and author Governor B. We spoke about how his business degree has helped him advance his career, the importance of building multiple revenue streams as an artist, touring, diversity, not buying likes and followers, the comparison trap and much more. At the time of our interview, Governor B had just released an album called Secret World and since then he's continued to tour extensively and has released another album, Hands Are Made For Working, which is his most personal piece of work to date and has been incredibly well received. This is the I Am A Podcast with Bianca Rhodes and me, Loretta Andrews, and our guest today is Governor B. At just 26 years of age, are you still 26? 27. Someone needs to update my Wikipedia. 27 years of age, Governor B is a multi-award winning, record-breaking rap artist from London. He became the first rapper in UK history to top the official Christian and Gospel album charts with his most recent number one release, Secret World, um, which was the UK's highest selling urban Christian album in 2015. He's also won two MOBO awards to date, and various other awards, too many to mention. Um, and he's an independent artist. Yes. What an intro. What an intro, and it's all true. When you Guess hear stuff up. like that about you, are you like, hey, actually, I have done quite a lot. Yeah, it's quite surreal actually, because sometimes when you're in the bubble, you're just like working every day, working, mm-hmm. working, working. And it's not until you step out and look at what's happened till you realise, oh, you've actually done okay. Mm-hmm. I advise everyone to do that actually, because we're always chasing like the next accolade or achievement or milestone. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you look at where you've come from and what you've achieved, you might start to be a bit grateful and think that actually, if it doesn't happen, I've still had a good go. Yeah. How does it feel to have done all of that independently? Have you thought about it in that way? Um, not really, because even though I'm an independent artist, um, there's been people in my life that have been really valuable to me. For example, the guy who's my road manager now, he's a guy called Wayne. And he actually recorded my first album and mixed it. And we just kind of remained good friends. And he's just somehow been part of the journey for like 10 years. Um, so even though, yeah, I'm independent, there's still been like people that have been a real help. Um, but yeah, like it's a huge team effort and I'm just thankful that it's got to where it's got to. Yeah, it's awesome. I think when people can see someone like yourself that's been so successful as an independent artist, they just think, oh wow, they just got there overnight <laughs> because they see the visible stuff that's more, more recent after all the work. Yeah. But of course you've been doing this for a long, long time. Tell us a little bit about how you started out in music and, and what the early days were like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been um, like a long road. So you've got to think in 10 years, there's been like two MOBOs, which is amazing. But then there's also been like loads of awards that I haven't won as well. So it's not always been like great. There's been challenges, um, stuff like that. Um, but I started off rapping in the playground as a joke um, with my friends in year nine. And we were just rap battling and taking the, the make out of other people's mums and stuff. <laughs> and I was always just really, really good at that. Um, so I'd always win um, the rap battles. And my youth leader at church at the time, 
told me that I had something, like I've got something. Um, but not at that time, yeah, not a disease. <laughs> Most definitely not. Um, but I've got like a real gift. Um, but at that time, I was just rapping about things that everyone was rapping about. So MTV was like huge on TV. Didn't have any tablets like the kids have these days. We actually watched stuff on the box. Um, and rappers are rapping about like money, girls, drugs and stuff. So I just subconsciously thought I'd rap about that stuff. But in reality, I didn't do drugs, didn't really get any girls either. Um, and my youth leader was like, why don't you rap about the life that you actually live? Because you're quite a positive person. Um, so when I started doing that, I think it kind of set me apart from what everyone else was doing at the time. And people just started to listen to my music in my school. Then it spread out to my local area. Um, and then I set up a MySpace, which was like massive back then. I'm making myself sound really old, but I'm really not that old. Um, <laughs> Things have moved on quickly. You can be forgiven for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but me and my mate Tom, Tom's the guy who started MySpace. We got on quite well. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it just kind of went from there. And I guess it was just the music that people could relate to that really set me apart and made people want to take me in. I guess that's one of the encouraging things about your story as well is obviously you've got quite a, a niche message in a way with your music mm. um, being an artist that speaks about a Christian message yeah. yet at the same time you've gained a, attention and acclaim beyond and outside of that yeah. um, many people many artists feel pressure to t tailor either their sound or certainly their words in mm. order to gain success um, how have you managed to stay in your lane, stay focused, and have you ever been tempted to change or water down or, or um, you know, just it, it for popularity or to gain followers? Yeah, that's a good question. I think my latest album, Secret World, is the first one that's been completely uninfluenced and completely the stuff that I would want to listen to and I would want to put out because when I started off, I was heavily influenced by the people in my school. Some of my stuff was like really negative. And then at church, I was heavily influenced by church. So then my stuff turned like really, really like Christian in content. Um, so it was like I'm always being pulled in different directions. Um, but when I've kind of gotten older and been more comfortable with being honest with myself and my art, I'm now in a position where if I want to make a song for um, people that aren't Christian, I'm comfortable in doing that. And if I want to make a song that's talking about my personal relationship with God, I'm comfortable in doing that as well. I think the main thing is, like, art is subjective, and it's your art, and it's your creativity. So where possible, just try and keep it as pure as possible without any influences uh, from people telling you to do it a certain way to reach a certain demographic or audience. To be entirely honest with you, I don't actually remember the question that you asked me, but I hope that I've answered it. <laughs> no, I've got, um, I want to dig a bit deeper in that because, you know, pushing back on all those outside influences and, yeah. you know, not trying to be pushed and pulled by anyone else's agenda for this particular project. Where did you find your inspiration? What did inspire um, this album? Um, yeah, a few things did. I think growing up on grand music when I was younger and when I started to become like a musician and take it really seriously, I always thought that you could only achieve some good things if you were like signed to a label or had huge backing. Um, and kind of like three, four years ago, I started to realise that there were a lot of artists um, like Skepta or Stormzy or... I know Adele was signed, but I'll just put her in there anyway, that are just like 
super super talented and are starting to dictate their own rules because of the way that digital always going or the way that artists are able to cultivate their own fan base so it kind of taught me that actually like you don't have to worry about reaching certain people because someone has influenced you to do that but you can be true to yourself and cultivate your own fan base and your fan base can be your label they can push you and they can invest in your music and um, they can create a, a lane for you to truly be yourself so I guess it was being inspired by other independent artists that were saying, you know what, this is me, this is 100% who I am, and if you don't like it, that's cool, but I'm still going to do it. And seeing that they're still able to be successful. Um, you're a business and journalism graduate as well. To what extent have your studies helped you in your journey as an independent musician in particular? Yeah, it depends who you ask. Because I've got a tutu, so my lecturers might say that it hasn't influenced me at all. Um, tutu is good for a degree, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. I got first, but anyway. Why you got to say that, man? <laughs> because once you get a degree, no one asks you your yeah. your grade, so you feel like you have to get it in. You're like, I might as well have got a third because no one asks me. So yeah. just had to base there. <laughs> um, no, you got to do it, man. Um, yeah, it's influenced me in a huge way, um, in an educational sense. Um, the modules that I loved the most in business were marketing and finance um, and journalism was just a great tool to teach me how to kind of write um, and put yourself out there and brand yourself in a particular way or write for different audiences and stuff um, so putting that market in branding, journalism, finance together um, the kind of frameworks that I studied have really, really helped me to put my own business in order and sort up my own career as well. Um, so yeah, uni was was a big help. At the time I didn't see it, but now I'm seeing that I'm actually quite happy that I went. Has, did your degree also help you um, in your business ventures? Because we know that you've got, you know, you're a, you're a business owner as well as an independent mm. artist, which is, which is awesome. And is your degree, did your degree help with that? Or yeah. did you just... No, yeah, that was the only way that I could make sense of my degree and really enjoy it. Um, so I'd literally learn about something in a lecture and then I'd automatically think, how does this apply to what I'm doing? So if at the time I've set up a clothing company or I'm trying to put out an album, I would literally change the, the words in the lecture. If it's talking about some theoretical statement like, oh, Jim has a fruit stall xyz i would just be like all right governor has an album how is he going to market this or whatever so it was literally helpful because i was recording music at the time and i could directly use what i've learned in my current situation um and i think that's how everyone should be taught because when you think about like school like secondary school primary school and uni they're all like real like theoretical examples that kids just like zone out of. Just goes over the top. Of your exactly. But if you translated it in a language that people are passionate about, whether it's like sport or art or music or something that's really relevant to someone's life, then they'll take it in a lot more easier, I reckon. On that, on speaking about your clothing label and all, all of the different aspects you've done, mm. do you think it's it's quite important or even a necessity for independent artists to be thinking sideways these days and, and mm. not just, you know, in the past you, you, you do your music and that was it, but increasingly artists do have yeah. a clover label, I think, was that quite a conscious decision of yours? Yeah, definitely, because I love doing music and it's something that I want to do full time, but the way that business works or 
the day and age that we live in, things are always changing. So, for example, three years ago, 70% of my revenue would have come from record sales. But today, in 2017, um, a small majority, a small minority comes from record sales, the rest comes from streaming, the majority comes from merchandise. So if I've got various revenue streams like royalties or merchandise or live shows, then it means that whenever trends and patterns change, there's always something that's going to be really strong for me. Whereas if I was only focusing on one stream, for example, record sales, then I'd be stuffed now. But because I've got live shows, I'm still okay. So I advise everyone to try and maximise whatever you do. Try and find three or four different ways that it works so that if something changes, you're not stuffed, basically. Do you think it is unrealistic for an independent artist to expect to make money directly from their music, like sales? Do you think, do you think they have to think broadly? Mm. Um, because it's just the dream. You want to make money from your music. Yeah. Um, is that unrealistic? I genuinely believe that there's no formula um, on how to do it. I think that there's going to be an independent artist that has a breakthrough hit and they just absolutely kill it. It goes top 40 independent and they sell loads of units and it just blows up. And there's going to be an independent artist who never has that hit, but somehow they've cultivated a fan base that stream the hell out of everything that they put out and there's going to be another independent artist that doesn't do either of those but somehow they're just like a really sick performer and then they get booked to do loads of stuff so I just don't think there's there's a formula but I think that the easiest way to ensure that you can be successful um, is to have a few different streams and whichever one is the strongest kind of utilise that the most but yeah I think it is possible for someone to just make money from record sales but yeah. it's not always going to be the way that it goes I suppose you're saying that you know, experiment with your journey and just uh, yeah. whichever way is you know rising to the top like maximise that and put yeah. your energies into that um, yeah yeah no definitely and I think um, if you look at we should look at our careers the same way like massive corporations look at their organisation so for example if you look at like um Facebook for example they're that massive so many people are on Facebook but they are still looking for ways to diversify and make the most of it so they've got like the Facebook stories or the Facebook live now or collaborating with like different features that Instagram have got because you should never be satisfied with just doing okay with like one thing you should always be looking at how you can grow it I believe anyway yeah um Arguably, we, we would argue that it's, there's never been a better time to be an independent artist than now. Mm. How much do you think that that is down to the emergence of social media? Like, in, in my mind, that is the friend of the independent artist. But how much has your success mm. um, been down to new technology? Yeah, a huge part. Uh, I think social media and digital technology is incredible. I was actually thinking the other day, there was... Um, some kind of famine going on in East Africa and the media weren't covering it and I found out about it on social media and it made me think about when I was growing up and the fact that social media wasn't around how much stuff was going on that I didn't know about because the media weren't covering it um, as an independent artist that's not an issue for us because we have same access to these things as everyone else so if we're clever um, and intelligent enough to separate ourselves from like the crowd because 
everyone's doing it and it's like a lot of noise online at the moment so how do you kind of stand out in that if you're able to do that then I think it's amazing and I think social media has just changed the game and I think you're entirely right there's no better time to be an independent artist than now it's like the possibilities are endless yeah that's good I think yeah social media it does open up the world to us and we don't have to rely on you know someone else to open doors for us we have that access um, I think it's also similar with touring and mm. um, being able to get out there and do live shows it just it does further your reach um, yeah. and you've done that extensively you've done it um, abroad you've done massive stages you've done mm. you know kids in classrooms how has that helped you as an independent artist yeah before I get onto that actually mm. just another point on social media is it's a great thing but because it's open to everyone, it's also harder to really utilize it and set yourself apart. So one question I always ask myself is that, how would you market and promote your product if there was no social media? Because that's what artists were doing before social media, mm-hmm. and now social media's here, no one's doing it. I was chatting to a rapper called Sway the other day, and he said when he was coming up, he'd go to radio stations, wait outside, uh, with a demo and catch the DJs on their way out and say, can you listen to this? Nowadays, artists are unlikely to take that kind of approach because they can just tweet someone or RT someone. But that DJ is getting hundreds of tweets from everyone else. So are you still doing like, the hard work offline as you are online? And also those ways, the traffic now is really, like you could stand out now, yeah. whereas before maybe you wouldn't stand out because exactly. everyone was doing that. So actually, it's, it's actually quite um, a good marketing and yeah. um, not marketing but just standing out just like going against the grain yeah no it is I'm not stupid <laughs> <laughs> um, so how has touring yeah, helped was the yeah. question and you've also as uh, Bianca just said then real diverse like I know you've played in arenas and yeah. in front of thousands and then classrooms you know yeah. full of 15 kids or whatever yeah do you, do you adapt your shows and and how have the different audiences <laughs> helped your career yeah, I didn't used to adapt it until uh, I did a show to like 15 kids and I realised you can't perform in the same way as you do in an arena because it's an entirely <laughs> different really vibe. <laughs> They're like, whoa, you're a bit loud. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I do. Um, I think being versatile is the key. There's so many routes to reaching new people. Um, so it's really important to be versatile. I wouldn't do the same set in an arena that I would um, to like a youth group or the same set to an entirely black audience than I would to like an entirely white audience. Not because I've got different versions of myself, but because there's ways to present yourself to different people because different people can relate to different things. Um, but touring has helped massively because I had no... Um, like experience or training of being like a good performer but the more I did shows the more I kind of realised what worked Um, and I think that have you ever listened to an artist right and thought oh like this sounds sick on record and then you've seen them live and it doesn't translate as well or have you ever listened to an album and thought oh this is like so rubbish and then you've seen the artist live and they're sick yeah Yeah. do you know what I mean Um, and I think audiences relate to different things so some people can listen to my album and it's not really for them but then I've had people come up to me after the show saying oh I didn't really like your album but seeing you live I've just taken it in in a whole different dimension in a different way um, so touring has been um, massive both on the creative and reaching your audience level and also on a financial level as well
just a quick reminder that we have a growing library of really useful videos on our YouTube page, including interviews with artists and music industry insiders sharing their experience and expertise. Search IMA on YouTube or visit our website www.ima.co.uk. You've never been afraid to collaborate with artists who are outside of your genre and you've, you've done some um, collaborations that people would probably not have thought of or wouldn't have mm. put together. Has that been a conscious thing and do you also think that that's been the key to your success in terms of your fan base being yeah. fairly broad for someone who's a, a rap and grime artist? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely been a conscious thing because um, obviously my fave's a big part of my music but um, like the whole gospel genre is the only genre that's defined by its message mm. and not its musical style. Um, so I've always felt that there's no reason why I should keep myself in a box because of the message, but I want to be someone that has kind of no barriers and no boxes when it comes to music. And I want to, I'm a big fan of diversity and collaboration as well. So The dance group. <laughs> no, not the dance group. <laughs> I can't dance. Sorry, can we see? <laughs> <laughs> that's one of them jokes that are not funny but you can't help yourself <laughs> you can't help laughing you're probably uh, laughing at my joke uh, the more laugh. I'm thinking about it I'm cracking up um, <laughs> but yeah I just think the more people that work together the more chance to open yourself up to different audiences that might not necessarily take you in and I think that's the whole point of collaboration I used to only collaborate with people that were doing the same thing as me but at the end of the day you've got the same audience they know what you do Where's it really going? I think it's good to a certain extent, but if you collaborate with people that are from like two entirely different worlds, mm-hmm. I think there's only power and there's only strength in that. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been conscious decision and I've seen the benefits of it. That's good. Um, so obviously this podcast is all about helping the independent artists and we really would love that someone really new to the game mm. and new to this career and just really wants to launch into it would be able to listen to these conversations and find some help. So what would have been like really great advice or help for you to have had in the beginning? Um, that's a great question. I think for me personally, if I could go back, I would have written, organisations would call it a mission statement, um, but it's just, what do you stand for? what do you want to achieve and what are you about because of me I didn't really think about it yeah. so I just kind of went into it with no thought but I didn't realise that as soon as you start putting music out you're subconsciously branding yourself and putting yourself in certain arenas and certain boxes that if you really thought about it you might not make those same decisions yeah. um, so if I went back and I thought right, what do I want to achieve what do I stand for where do I want to be um, every decision music-wise, that I would have made would have been in line with those yeah. kind of thoughts and, and patterns. So yeah, I'd say write down a mission statement for yourself and about what you stand for because it's going to aid your journey and it's going to make it a lot clearer. Second thing that I'd say is comparison is a thief of joy. So the moment you start comparing yourself to other artists who have had entirely different journeys, then it's just going to get you down in the dumps. But everyone's got their own lane. you just got to be true to yourself. Well, that's daily though, isn't it? It's like, yeah. how do you continually push back in, with, to com- with comparison? Social media's there, someone's putting something out, someone just got signed, someone, whatever. It's, it's every day. Yeah, it is a battle and it's got to be a constant reminder. Maybe you should get up in the morning, 
put on an I am independent t-shirt look yourself in the mirror have you seen Cool Runnings you know when you're like what? look in the mirror and tell me what you see I see pride I see power I see a badass mother that won't take no crap off of nobody that's what you got to say in the morning every day and you'll be alright I've not right. seen Cool Runnings what is that really bad are you oh, mad I need to just move my chair I feel like we need to lock off the interview and put the film on right now I mean I kind of know what it's about no, but I've not seen it, it. Listen, that is my favourite film of all time it's man. stupid it's yeah, so it's amazing good. okay I'll watch it as homework but yeah no the constant reminder thing is mm. important man because there's already um like an, an Ed Sheeran there's already an Adele there's already a Stormzy you've got to bring something new to the table mm. and just something unique and I feel like people well me I'm speaking for myself I used to think how can I be different and I don't think that's the right question to ask because then you're still trying to be something that you're not I think the question is I'm going to be myself how do I put myself out there in like a unique way rather than trying to be not like that person or like that person yeah you think you're I mean? creating rather than being and finding yeah. a way to just be inside of your art and your creativity yeah people see if you, like people connect with authenticity they see mm-hmm. through like a creation yeah. that is a new yeah. and um when I look at the artists that have made a real mark on music like legends like I'm talking like the Michaels and the Elvises yeah. and the Stevies and stuff they've just been unapologetically themselves mm. and it's like you've got to see the bigger picture you've got to see longevity and you've got to ask yourself right if I am myself and I don't make any money or don't get as many fans for however many years that is more important than pretending to be someone I'm not and getting all the success in the world because that success won't last at the end of the day um, but yeah and it's also defining what success means like for me success is this is my big thing yeah I always go on about this oh yeah. good I hope I give you the right answer <laughs> but for me success is doing the best you can like yourself being yourself with what you've got to the best of your ability rather than it being based on like numbers or record deals or the amount of Facebook likes that you've got um, because all that stuff doesn't it's not going to satisfy you if you know that you're not being yourself um, and I guess people will say oh like it's easy for you to say because you've done X or Y, Z or whatever but it's true man mm-hmm. define success for yourself yeah. for me success is like doing what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. like I always just stay in my lane like I may maybe I'm not supposed to be in the top 10 because maybe my music isn't necessarily like that but where is where am, where am I supposed to be and if I feel like I'm in that space like I do feel really good in my, my heart yeah. and I think just always asking that question yeah. is important and my last tip as well is don't buy a Facebook likes or Twitter followers please we can all like tell yeah. and it doesn't make you look any more successful just makes you look a bit weird because <laughs> you're like oh my gosh she's got 100,000 followers but only 10 people are liking this picture <laughs> it's very confusing <laughs> it's very well it's not confusing after you know but you're just like what yeah I think right it's all about ratio and conversion right so if you've got 10 followers and 8 of them buy your album you are doing amazing bro but if you've got like 100,000 fake ones and only 8 of them are buying your album mm-hmm. that's pretty poor yeah so we need to stop looking at numbers as a way to validate our success, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Um, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned as an independent artist so far on your journey? That's an amazing question. The biggest lesson I've learned. Okay, so this is like a recent one, and I've only just got to this point. 
but my biggest lesson is when you are building a team or looking to work with someone only work with people that get it and get what you're about <laughs> don't work with the best people but work with the right people so for example in my last couple of projects I've done stuff like look for who is like a great radio plugger and what kind of artists that have they worked with oh so they worked with him and he smashed it and he's got a single radio and they worked with him and xyz so you email them and they're like oh yeah man this is really good i love this song i'd love to push it you transfer them the money the brand or whatever it is and then they just change their attitude yeah. and then they go quiet because they never really believed in you they never really understood what you were doing they run a business and the artists that they have worked with that have done really well uh, big mainstream acts or whatever but it doesn't mean that this person can magic up a hit for you whereas if you just work with people that really understand what you're about really get you are really passionate about your vision they might not be the most skilled they might not be the most successful they might not have the best track record but they're 100% committed to you that's going to be better for you than just working with who the industry says is the best guy so yeah I think the biggest lesson for me is don't work with the people with like, the best CV or the best track record or the best reputation, but just work with the right people that understand what you want to achieve. That's good. It's putting your ego aside, isn't it? Mm. It's just, yeah. you know, it's not going with like, all the, the bells and whistles, but actually, you know, put, you know, like I did that with my PR for my like, latest album, like who actually loves it, who actually really wants to work hard. Yeah. And somebody else, you know, they kind of were trying to get me to work with somebody else because yeah. you know look at who they've worked with that's probably the person you need to you know go with <laughs> yeah but this person really loves loves this album loves what i do they get where yeah. i want to go and they just work so hard yeah exactly. for that, the duration of that run and it was just the, the best money i spent yeah i think that's so important man because it just doesn't make sense the way music works sometimes. Mm. So you like you know like radio pluggers and PRs. That's like the only job in the world, yeah, that you have to pay someone up front and they don't have to deliver. And there's no not really a way of measuring it. And, and you can't blame, measure it, can, yeah. They can not blame they can blame so many different things. Yeah. Because like, you know, people weren't really feeling it and then it, you can yeah. still <laughs> <the> rush, <but laughs> Exactly. And you're kinda <laughs> like you've got all these contacts and stuff. I'm not paying you because oh people might not be feeling it. I'm paying you because you're a guy that can kick down the door and get a pay when it needs to be paid. Um, so yeah, if you want to make loads of money, be a radio plugger <laughs> or a PR. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned um, longevity a, a while a while ago, and I think it's an interesting concept for mm. an independent artist. What's your view on it? What sh what what? How should an independent artist go into their career um, when they're thinking about? longevity and the things that they're doing at the beginning to kind of help that yeah it's a good question I mean um, it's not an easy thing to think about but what I try and do is think like 10 years ahead ahead so I'm like where do I want to be in 10 years mm -hmm. and work backwards mm -hmm. from there so if in 10 years I want to have my own record label independent record label or whatever or have sold 50,000 Units. Let's go with 50,000. So if in 10 years I want to have sold 50,000 records, that means I need to sell a certain amount a year to get to that point. Break it real down, break it down, like really, really, um, what's the word? All the way down to like it's... Yeah, there's a word that I'm thinking of. 
break like it down steps, in a really detailed way. Yeah. So what steps do I need to take to sell a thousand this year? Or what steps do I need to take to sell 500 in the next three months? And um, just kind of really be focused on that. So when I say longevity, I mean, what's the end goal? And work back from there and take the necessary steps to get there. And I don't even think there'll always be like an end goal. They're just like kind of pit stops. Um, and because there's always something you can achieve, there's always something better that you can do. But yeah, just think about where you'd like to be in a few years' time and work backwards from there. I think it's avoiding those short-term decisions, those decisions that are just short-term thinking as well, yeah. isn't it? Because you can just you can just think about next year and yeah. you make some decisions that you wouldn't have made if you had thought, you know what, in in ten years' time, or this album hasn't done what I've wanted, and you want to give up. But actually, this is like the first album that I of <laughs> yeah. fifteen that I want to make yeah. over my life. So it gives you perspective on yeah. what you're doing right now. That's so true, man. I remember when I did my second album, and I did like a whole marketing plan and like really planned it out and stuff, and it went really well. And then the album dropped. And then I forgot that I actually had to do that stuff after the album dropped. And I was like, oh crap, like, I didn't really think about that. So yeah, it's just being like thinking long term. But those things are great learning curves for internet arts, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, like we yeah. do learn in anything from our mistakes. Yeah. You're not going to do that again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess it's just using those experiences to make the next project better. And mm. I guess it's like a constant learning curve. There's always yeah. going to be new things, man. And you know what I'm really inspired by at the moment, right? There's like um, a few artists like in the urban world that have made their friends their managers and like their team. Um, so like for example, Tiny Temper, he's managed by Dumi, who's like his cousin, and Storms, he's managed by a guy called Toes, who's like his friend or whatever. Skepta's managed by a guy called Max or whatever. And these guys are going into like label meetings and PR meetings and plug-in meetings, and they don't have like the experience that all these labels have, but they're just learning on the go and doing it really well. Um, and sometimes people feel like you need to have all the answers and be the most skilled and be the most knowledgeable to even sit in these meetings and achieve stuff. But actually it's okay to like not know what you're doing and it's okay to learn on the go because really like you'd be surprised the amount of people that are blagging it and doing all right. That's what I was going to say. You, you realise suddenly that everybody's making it up as they yeah, go along to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah. And then we only learn these things, especially if you're going into a territory that's new or, or hasn't been done before. Yeah. Then, you know, sometimes they could be looking to you as the artist with yeah. for, with the answers. And uh, um, that leads me on to something I wanted to ask you next about, particularly with the genre of grime, mm. which really was, was not being accepted, was not being let in, into the party for the longest time. Yeah. Um, and I, I found when the structures and powers that be that are there don't get behind something, mm. they find a way. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it happens in life, doesn't it? Whenever something's yeah. not invited, it will sp- uh, sprout up somewhere else. Mm. And then suddenly everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon, if you yeah. like. But do you think the success of Grime and, and people have done it independently, people like Stormzy, people like yourself, mm. has paved the way even more so for independent artists, even, say, perhaps outside of grime but maybe yeah. who are doing a genre that's not popular or not going to yeah. be in in the top 40 but suddenly they've got permission to put out a country record or, <laughs> yeah. or something like that yeah yeah it's definitely um kicks down a door and made everyone that's involved in a niche genre or an underground genre think that it's possible to do this um i think the most important thing that independent artists can do is have a hub 
of other independent artists that are within their genre or doing similar things to them. Um, because I think if there was only like one grime act, it would be really tough to break down a door. Right. But there's like five or six that are doing really, really well. And together, they're making a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. So it kind of spills over. Um, and I think like sometimes as artists, the reason why we're reluctant to collaborate and help each other out is because we feel like another person doing well might mean that you don't do as well. But there's loads of harvest, of space for everyone to do really, really well. And I guess if one person kicks the door down, it means that the door's down for everyone else. So it doesn't really matter who's first through. It just matters that the door gets kicked down. So work together, people. Um, I think we're pretty much done. But one thing I did want to finish with asking you is what's been your your greatest achievement or proudest moment so far as as an independent artist? Um, There's two, right? Number one is this guy that I grew up with on my council estate in Custom House. Um, And we kind of lost touch a bit. And then he just found my number randomly and called me like five years later. And was like, bro, he's like proper gangster, I'm not a gangster. He's like, yo, man, just listen to your album. It's mad, yeah. <laughs> and he just said it really, really inspired him to be like more of a positive person and stuff. And I just thought, right, like, you go in the studio, you create this stuff, and you don't know who's going to hear it and the impact it's going to make on people. But like, finding out that someone that I grew up with, that I haven't spoken to in ages, somehow came across my music and it's really inspired him is sick because all the other stuff like oh this artist is doing that and they're selling loads of units and xyz doesn't really matter because it's like you've made a difference in someone's life mm-hmm. and yeah that's an amazing thing and the second one is probably when i found out that um my album was the highest selling um clean album clean hip-hop album in 2015 like not just in like gospel or christian but just across the board that was sick because it's like you set yourself apart and you're doing this like really niche music but it's still like cutting through into mainstream culture even if it's just like a splash in the ocean it's doing something so yeah that was cool well done cheers man (laughs) anything else I could go on, but I won't. <laughs> we'll have a part two. We'll have you back yeah, if yeah, that's yeah. all right. I think next time we'll really like to talk a bit more about business and yeah. just like strategy. Yeah, yeah. Really go go into that and see how we can really help. Oh, us. one more thing, yeah. Just about business. You can't yeah. shut up now. I mm-hmm. uh, read this sick thing the other day that you know, like um, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Michael Jackson. Any other names? Loretta Andrews. Loretta Andrews, right? <laughs> they never had money in mind when they started off. They just had the passion, yeah? So Steve Jobs and Michael, Bill Gates, they never thought, I want to be the richest ever at this and the most successful. They just thought, you know what? I love computers. Or do you know what? I flipping love dancing or I flipping love music. And that passion fueled everything that happened going forward. Um, so never ever think about the success first or the money first or whatever just think about what gets you going passion led yeah passion led Mm -hmm. cool that's a great way to end Governor B thank you so much cheers Cheers, guys it's been great for more great content from IMA find us on social media at we are IMA 
check out our Spotify playlist for new music from independent artists. Search We Love Independent Music. And don't forget to sign up to our mailing list where you'll receive a free 10-day guide especially designed to inspire and equip independent music artists with some really useful practical and inspirational resources. Sign up at www.imma.co.uk.